That's hilarious. All right, let's get started. All right. Welcome back to another episode of my podcast. Today, I'm joined with Nick Einoff. Nick, how would you like to introduce yourself to your listeners? Hello, my name's Nicholas Einoff. I uh, knew Brian uh, in high school. Um, currently living in Pittsburgh right now as a pharmacy tech at a UPMC Shadyside Hospital. I'm also getting my MBA online. I'm through four classes of 10 in that. Uh, I'm living with my girlfriend. And yeah, that's that's about it for right now. Nice. That's that's awesome, dude. You're killing yeah. it. Yes. Do you think you're killing it right now in your I think life? I'm in a like I don't know. I I think I'm in a cool phase of my life. I think that even though I'm like full-time job in in school, I'm in a sort of like transitional period where I have time to like do kind of random stuff that I like to do. I I have like a good bit of free time. And so oh, and and I'm like super enjoying not like thinking about my future totally. Like senior year of college, I was like, you know, networking, 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 and like looking yeah, for yeah, jobs yeah. and looking for people to like talk to about like my career. And then COVID hit. And then it was even harder. Oh, and then yeah, I was like, oh, shit, sure. like I need a job. Like I'm going to have rent in July or June. Like I need a job. I'm going to, you know, gonna yeah, look yeah. At my parents if I don't. And uh, not that that's not bad. Shout out, Maria, Carl. Love <laughs> you both. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so so what are you kind of doing with all this free time do you have or free time that you have so as you know I've gotten uh pretty hard into chess uh, yeah <laughs> dude so yeah I I got into chess when Queen's Gambit came out so I'm one of those basic people that tried chess out after seeing a tv show oh, that's cool, my man. girlfriend's dad always was like no, play me in chess. I'm like, okay, like I don't know how to play, and so he just beat me in like five moves, and okay, whatever. Um, but Dude, then I, think I got into I... it, and it was just like a rabbit hole. Yeah, man, chess. Chess in. is so awesome. Like whenever I eat now, I'll always have like a a chess like just kind of like breakdown. Like, oh, try this opening. Yeah, I love the gambits, man. <laughs> like sacrificing the pieces. I'm all about like getting the positional advantages even though yeah. I don't know what to do with them. So like ever since I started watching these, like um, these videos, my ELO has just plummeted. <laughs> I, I lose like almost every game, but yeah, it's, it's like just so much fun. It's taking one step back though to go two steps yeah. forward. I think eventually. Hopefully. Yeah. Cause, Cause I don't know you, you do learn with that stuff. I think it's funny because I was trying to like get my friends to play <laughs> and a lot of people actually did start playing and, yeah, I texted you thinking Brian probably already does this, you know, like this is probably something that Brian would like. And sure enough. Yeah, man, you, you got me. You know, I actually started doing um, something similar with my friends. Like whenever my graduate friends are over and we're just like watching football or something, I'll just randomly like, do any of you guys play chess? And I've gotten <laughs> I've gotten three of them to play chess, like download mm -hmm. the app. And yeah, I have like the. I think I have nine dailies going right now of That's like nine awesome. different people. It's awesome. Yeah. But yeah. I have this guy from work who's like this frat boy, like shout out to <laughs> Levi. <laughs> and he, I, I asked him to play chess. He's like, all right, Nick, sure. 
<laughs> and I keep like beating him in like three moves. And he's like, one more, one more. Just one more. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I castled one game and he was like, how'd you move two, two pieces at once? I'm like, what on earth are you talking about? He's like, you moved your king and your rook at the same time. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's that's castling. I, yeah. I like that in the video. <laughs> Actually, until I started playing on the website or on the app, I, I didn't know what castling was. So that, oh. I, that was like the first time I learned too. Yeah, there, there's Pretty a ton cool. of little like on Passant, you know. Yeah, there, yeah. There's like a ton of little like weird uh, little chess rules that you don't learn until you see yeah. them. See a guy take your pawn without actually sure, moving man. your pawn. And you're like, what the heck? Here's a question. Do you have a favorite opening? Okay. It, that's an awesome question. I, I love to talk about chess. <laughs> no one likes to hear me talk about chess. With white, I usually play a lot of E4, going yeah, for that, yeah, yeah. Um, that Italian center position. If you're familiar. Sure. Knight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so to get that fried liver attack, that was like mm. great initially. Everyone fell for that. And now like no one falls for that so i don't even try it anymore i don't i don't do that because oh. it, it's pretty easily countered and it's not bad to start out like that but i don't like doing it anymore now i like d4 it's called the stone wall attack hmm. with white i think i played it i'm playing it against you right now and it didn't work at all you, you oh uh, i didn't notice <laughs> well yeah i think you just played what you wanted to play and it screwed me up majorly. yeah yeah no, that's definitely something that happens a lot. Like these YouTube videos I watch, mm -hmm. um, I'll, I'll try to recreate it, but my opponent never does what they do in the video, like what yeah. the other team does. I think because we're just we're not at like a yeah good a high enough level level level. We don't know what the best plays are. Yeah, for the listeners out there, you get like a rating in chess. I'd say so. Like grandmasters, the best of the best are like like twenty six hundred um i'm at like 800 which isn't even on chess.com it isn't even like average like i'm below average i'm below like the yeah. 50 percentile and, We're and I'm, at, chess. I'm at i'm in the 500s yeah. so i'm yeah. even We're low. talking about chess like we know what's going on but we're yeah. we're not good <laughs> but it's fun yeah so tell me more about it's like the stone wall that's the one you've been trying a lot like whenever you get into a game you're like all right let's go with this yeah that's, or do that's you usually I, switch it up yeah I, I i try to switch it up i've been trying uh so stone walls d4 so mm -hmm. immediately people i don't think like playing d4 against black with black i'm now trying the caro con um seeing how that goes i also want to try the sicilian but i don't, uh, I don't know how to play it so we'll see and i think at like this level like people don't play into like the main lines as they call it you know right. like they they just will play will bring their queen out or play random moves and so yeah it's a lot about like just being tactically sharp if you will mm. i like to play the king's gambit that's my yeah. go-to every I, single time and i, I think gambits it. are like super good at this level and i gotta learn more gambits. Dude, it's it's just so much fun because like i just put the pawn out there it's free pawn and they like when they take it i'm like you fell for my trap yeah. and then i just end up losing the game because i'm down material that, <laughs> it's, that, it's so much fun though just like it is fun. playing it is. at that disadvantage is just like it's something that like i, I really like for some reason but you, yeah you in this will make no sense to anybody but you gotta learn the traxler counter 
the Traxler counter, the one you used on. Yeah. It's so fun. It's the most fun thing. Dude, when it was happening to me, I was like, this is terrible. Like, yeah. my, you're just chasing my king around and I can't do anything about it. But you yeah. scoop up all my pieces. It's so, <laughs> so cool. It's so fun. Have you ever played someone like in a total random person, like a blitz game? And in the middle of the game, they just start making comments like, lol, <laughs> like, yeah. stuff like that. I'm like, dude, this, come on. <laughs> this one guy. Uh, my usernames farts McGee zero zero capital F capital M. If you want to add me on chess.com while you listeners, uh, I think I blundered really hard. I like gave up something and he just, he comments study up farts McGee. (laughs) 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 Like get better. I'm like, yeah, I had two people do that, do that to me. The first person who did it, he blundered so hard and I ended up beating him. And I felt so good about myself. The second person just destroyed me. Like yeah. after he made that first comment, I was like, what are you laughing at? And I <laughs> just started taking all of my pieces and it just kept snowballing. So awful. yeah. Oh, uh, do, you, do you also have any, um, you, you're also in the guitar playing, right? You, that's I am, like one of your other hobbies. Real quick. Can I talk a little. I, oh yeah, sure. Before sure. Before I get into that. Um, I just started playing crazy house chess last night. Check it crazy. out. Basically any piece you take, you get. Oh, whoa. It's, there's like super weird variants of chess, four player chess. I'm just after the podcast. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah, get yeah. all of that. Well, but, actually that'd be super terrible for me. Cause I like playing the gambits and with <laughs> King's gambit, there's a variation called the Muzio gambit where you just sacrifice like your knight, your bishop, more pawns it would be bad. stuff like that yeah but all right cool so, so yeah yeah t- tell me about the guitar playing stuff how's how's that been going you know it's funny like watching your video of like you just like finger picking away an oh, yeah. song. i was like dang like brian sang can play guitar like that's so <laughs> that's so, yeah. like i i always played um and it's a baritone ukulele it's a little bigger than a regular ukulele and it uh it only has four strings but the four strings are tuned the same way as a, the bottom four strings of a guitar oh like a bass yeah but yeah and i was i i, I kind of wanted to like try guitar but never like when i would try i just i just wasn't good at it um yeah. and well i think guitar playing is hard to get started because you need to build the finger strength for it. Um, when I first started, I could only play for like five or 10 minutes. Yeah. My fingers would just start hurting. Yeah. Sorry, I, continue. Oh, no, you're good. I got a guitar for Christmas. I've started these like monthly, uh, like skill building things where I pick a skill that I want to learn and do it for a month in this month's guitar. And I've spent like, I mean, only like 10 to 20 minutes a day doing it, but and all I want to do with guitar is like be able to get through chords, you know? Mm, yeah. I just want to be able to like switch through chords, be like a campfire guitarist, you know, pull up a yeah. song with a bunch of chords on it and be able to play it. That's, that's my only goal. And I, what it's, it's the 26th of this month. I'd say I'm like less than where I want to be, but. So uh, you, you've only been playing for a month. Only been playing for a month. Yeah. Well, less mm. than a month. What kind of style do you play? Like, do you pick or do you pluck with your fingers? Well, it's funny. I I have this uh, one 
like random like finger picking song that I like one little like finger picking riff that I picked up but I've only really like tried to learn chords um I finger it's funny the the baritone ukulele the, the strings are so much further apart than a guitar yeah yeah like just like being able to finger picking is something I could do on the ukulele but now is something I'll have to completely relearn because the strings are so much mm. closer together and any and, and chords are I mean a bunch tougher but I'm getting the chords on F's killing me but I'll uh yeah <laughs> uh yeah and I just I feel like I would have quit if I didn't set like a month goal and so I'm glad I like because like halfway through I'm, I'm I'm literally spending every day on that F chord and so yeah I think having like a you're gonna do this every day for at least 10 minutes thing has kind of like grinded me through that like I don't know quitting point that I usually get to yeah that's pretty cool man because yeah. I don't I don't really practice my guitar that much or my bass to be honest it's yeah. just usually like when I feel like it I'll pick it up and I'll play for like an hour or two but usually that's only like once a week or twice a week maybe so but you play every Friday with your band right shout yeah yeah Brian. shout out to Brian, shout out to Edith Street I, I'm in a <laughs> band um yeah, that shit's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we have three cool. songs right now. We're going to come really? up with two more. Yeah. Yeah. Original songs? Yeah, it's so awesome. And we're going to so we're going to be singing in them. It's going to be sick. Are the guys from Penn State? Yeah. One of them's my graduate school buddy. He's on the electric guitar. He's totally just shreds all the time. It's awesome. That's so cool. Um he's kind of our leader. He like composes our songs and like records. He has like his recording setup and stuff. And then our other friend is Jared from the Blue Band. He's a sophomore right now, but cool. he plays drum set for us. And he also plays bass and guitar. So he's <laughs> like, um, yeah, if, if we had like another drum set player, I'm pretty sure he'd kick me off a of bass and it'd be his band. But yeah, no, it's, it's really awesome, man. Just like playing with other people is totally different than just like playing alone. Because I can play with them for like three hours, but... I don't know, man. Um, yeah. Do you have anything like that? Like any any people to play music with? Uh, one of my girlfriend's friends <laughs> mentioned that he was in a band and that I should come try to like play drum set with him. Oh, and nice. Like, that would be so cool. But, like COVID is a thing. And yeah. I, uh, so, I mean, maybe I would love to like I that's like that's a dream. Like I would love to play like in a band or just like do anything with other people musically but not right now yeah. i think first before i do that i want to play sports with other people like my my number one goal is to like get in a sports league once like mm. once i'm like totally vaccinated and covid's not sure. as much of a thing but after the sports goal will be be music stuff what kind of sports are you into volleyball i think volleyball oh no way dude yeah. volleyball is awesome i feel like Holy we crap. do a lot of like the auxiliary sports not that volleyball yeah. is like super auxiliary but like we're into like pickleball we're into yeah. you know badminton in high school like. yeah dude racquetball is probably my favorite sport ever i was yeah. in, i was in um racquetball club uh, my senior year of spring and i was like climbing through the ranks because there's like a ladder of ranked players and I was just make I was pushing my way through that thing. That's and I was so also in the IM league, but <laughs> that shit was just awesome because everyone was really good in the league. 
but yeah. I just like playing. So I would like intentionally give up points just so we could play longer. But yeah, I remember um, when my, me and my brother were getting into it, shout out to Thomas. Um, <laughs> and we, I, I was thinking that I was getting good. And then I hit you up and came to play you. <laughs> I think you destroyed me. And I was like, it was like one of those like Brian Sangs like gonna like beat me in racquetball. Yeah, right. And then you crushed me. I was like, yeah, that was so much fun. I, I was so glad you asked me because like um, back at home in Mechanicsburg, I don't have any way to play racquetball. Yeah. So like, yeah. Thanks for that, man. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Then yeah, I haven't played in a long time though. Me since, neither. Yeah. Since yeah. The, the COVID stuff, but. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to another question. Sure. Uh, my favorite question. Sure. Nick Einolf, what is your greatest strength? It's funny. I like didn't even really think too hard about this and I should have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think, because you asked me this before for the listeners who don't know. Oh, did I? And, and I listened to the other podcasts and they oh, word. Were all Shout awesome. out to Nick. So what, what? Josh said his ability to learn Steven said his versatility. I'm sorry. I didn't listen to Rachel's podcast. She said it was making friends. Shout okay. out to Rachel. Shout out to Rachel. It's so funny. I listened to like the first two minutes right before this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like her podcast, she has like CEOs on. And like, yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. But anyway, it's crazy. Um, greatest strength. I'm going to say is, is like my wit maybe like, and I don't want to sound cocky. But I think like in a job setting, I'm pretty good at like making like semi witty comments that that make people smile and and Mm. make me like a likable person to be around and work. There are just so many like maybe I shouldn't talk about my coworkers when I'm still working there. (laughs) But like some people can just be negative, you know, and some people like just you like don't want to be around because they're just they just have a bad attitude right yeah I think I'm I'm pretty good at like um making a boring situation or an uncomfortable situation more pleasant through yeah yeah dumb comments of course dude that's that's like a really powerful skill to have because like you you can find yourself in so many of those situations and if nobody says anything then it's just going to be like not fun for anyone, you know? Yeah. So I think if you have someone on your team that's able to kind of disarm the situation, like that's so powerful. I really I, admire that about you, actually. I think like our, us high school boys, though, in general, like you, me, Dude, Josh, yeah. Steve, like our like antics and our <laughs> like, they, maybe this is thinking too deep into this, but I just think like all of the, stuff we did and hanging around each other i think we're all like gonna be like that person in our work oh for sure like we're gonna be that like just i don't know icebreaker kind of goofy guy yeah yeah uh, in the workplace that i I definitely think our antics in high school have has set me up like in a a positive way just for like reaching out to people or just doing whatever it is because we used to do like the craziest stuff, like with those, what are the odds things? And it'd be like, ask the math teacher out to prom and stuff like that. Like my confidence, like um, 
just whenever I do things now, it's like, oh yeah, I've done much stranger, more embarrassing things before. So like my shame level is at a very, very low <laughs> threshold. That's, so. that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, it was awesome. It's so funny. Like I'll, anytime something like in a friend setting, like we talk about high school, it's like, oh, by the way, like I did this in high school and they're like, you did what? Like, <laughs> like the, the shit we did, like the shit we pulled was just like ridiculous. We there in this, this was actually one of your questions you asked me before this was like a memorable moment. And I was going to share one mm. about me and you in high school was in like Mrs. Sawyer <laughs> stats class. Yeah. So that was so funny. And I have this video and I remember we we bet on something and tell me if you remember what we bet on, but we bet on something and you lost. It was probably whoever scored the higher exam grade or whoever <laughs> scored the lower, like the lower grade has to do something. It's so nerdy. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it's it's so really awesome too. though. <laughs> like that's, that's such a good way to like do well, you know? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Any high school students listening out there, make bets with your friends with terrible penalties so that <laughs> you'll uh, you'll get good grades. But one of the con the consequence was not only just like eating cereal with milk in class, which no one eats in class, but spilling it on yourself. <laughs> I have a video of you like casually eating cereal and then just like dumping it on yourself. <laughs> And Hunter McGuire like cracking up yeah. in the background, and then you walking out, and Mrs. Sawyer being like, "What was that?" And I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that that was crazy. I actually have a a lot of um, a couple moments of like really memorable high school days, and they're all because either you. Josh or Steven was making me laugh during <laughs> class and you guys wouldn't even do anything. I would just start laughing. That's like so um, in Mrs. Sawyer's class, we had to read out loud like a certain passage from the, from the text and I just couldn't do it. There was one day where I just couldn't do it and I started laughing, but for out of like, for no reason at all. That's, that was the best. Like Nick to start laughing and Hunter to start laughing and it was just, it was wild, man. That class was just so much better because the teacher was very old and kind of <laughs> stricter, you know? Yeah. And she was great. Um, but it just made it that more of a like taboo thing to start laughing. And yeah, it was just so funny. Yeah. Also, my my high school crush was in that class. Um, <laughs> for privacy, we'll call her Rachel. Let's call her Rachel. <laughs> but yeah, so... Uh, it was kind of a weird dynamic for me because like on, on this side of the classroom, it was the boys. They were just goof off all the time. And then in the far side was my high school crush. I was like, oh, I got to impress her with my antics. Yeah. <laughs> but so like no, it, it didn't go very well. <laughs> you like intentionally bombed the exam so that you could spill cereal on yourself for her. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was not going through my mind. But <laughs> the stuff that I did was usually like, it was, it was usually because my friends would kind of like depend on me to do this. And I was like, I can't let my friends down. I just got to do it. So that's usually how I like got through all the weird, just the weird stuff that I did. I'd like, wouldn't give myself any time to think it was just either I do it or the guys will be like, dang, Brian, you let us down. That's funny. That's, yeah. 
I am, because I listened to a bunch of your other episodes. I remember you saying like, yeah, high school Brian was an asshole. Like, Mm. and now, (laughs) now I'm so different. I'm like, what? Like high school Brian was hilarious, but I've kind of had the same sort of like realization of like, man, like I've, I really did some stuff that like I wouldn't do today. So kind of switching the roles here of me asking you a question, what was, or what do you, what do you think of high school Brian as like post-college Brian? Yeah, yeah. Um, To start off, I met asshole Brian in high school, just in the marching band sense. Okay. Because I I had like all of this experience compared to the the other high schoolers, the the other marching band kids, because I did drum corps and stuff like that. So I thought I was the shit. I thought I was like, the best like genuinely the best okay and then after a year uh, or so I realized like dude you're not even close (laughs) and it was just like a huge cycle of humbleness and arrogance but um to answer your question of high school Brian versus postgraduate Brian or post-college um we're we're very different we are um very different people but I really like the high school Brian and I actually really embrace like the the Brian that I was I just everything that I did in the past um yeah I I embrace it because you know that's who I was and I would rather own up to it than to be like kind of keeping it hidden or shy I don't know uh what I'm trying to relate it to is like cymbal playing how I was really embarrassed to be a cymbal player but now I'm just like yeah cymbal playing was like who I was that's like a that was a big part of me and yeah. just like stuff like that but I'm, I'm totally like it's funny because like when people like ask what I played in the blue band <laughs> I'm like symbols <laughs> and yeah, at, yeah at first I think it was like an embarrassing thing to say but now I'm like it was so fun like it was so awesome right right but it's funny I didn't yeah I, I totally thought you were gonna be like yeah high school Brian was like so mature and I'm like but <laughs> I mean, no, I, I, I was in high school. I, I don't think I was really mature because I'm a big thing with me is just like having fun, having as much fun as possible. Yeah. And in high school, I was all about having fun, especially my senior year. Like, I would do so much random, like you, like I said, I would do so much random stuff. And like, just once the warning bell, once the warning bell rang, I would just run through the hall. But <laughs> it was, it was more like, um undirected fun like I didn't know what to do with it right now I have the same mindset that I want to have fun but I want to keep in mind my future while everything is going on Mm -hmm. so I didn't really care about my grades at all in high school um even in college up until my junior year I didn't care about anything and eventually something happened to me that I was like yeah, let's see what happens if I actually try, if I actually, like, what's possible if I, if I give it my all, you know? And I think that's, like, one of the biggest differences between high school Brian and post-college Brian. So how about yourself? Do you think you're, you're different in ways like that? Or, yeah, what are your thoughts? Uh, totally. I mean, I, did you ever get suspended in high school? Real quick question. No, I didn't. I was okay. not part of that group. Yeah. Yeah, Josh and I, I think we're suspended for like our antics on like, it was like the last day of uh, high school. I had a lot of like last day 
trouble incidents. I think like last day of freshman year, I got in trouble because we were squirting syringes in the hallway. Oh. And like drugs are a thing and syringes go along with them. So yeah, I mean, naturally, I mean, it was just dumb. And then like the senior year suspension, I like threw, uh, I threw stuff at Steven on stage for a concert. Yeah, that was, that was not good. But so anyway, what do I think of high school, Nick? I, I mean, it's like, same as you, like I was a goofy go lucky kid. And I remember like in college, um, like there was less of that goofiness with my friends and less of that, like, I don't know, reassurance you get from other friends in high school for that, like goofiness that you give off. And so I was kind of like, what happened? You know? Yeah. It's part of like maturing and growing up and, you know, just kind of realizing that you don't need to be the center of attention all the time. (laughs) And, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think that I like you like my past self and, and use it today. And I think we all use it today. And yeah, that's, that's all I got to say about that. Nice, man. Yeah, that's cool. So how about Blue Band? You, we wanted to talk about um, yeah, Blue totally. Band and stuff. Um, what was it like when you first found out that you're playing cymbals or just got into the Blue Band? Whatever you want to talk about, really. Sure. Um, I'll talk about that. Let, let me give like an overarching storyline because basically it was me, Brian, or sorry, me, Steve and Josh. Um, well, not Josh. Sorry, me and Steven. Jeez, I'm screwing this up. Like we were in Blue Man the first semester and then I transferred away to like a small Catholic school and then you came in eventually. And so, um, and you were playing cymbals and it was yeah. like, Brian's my replacement. And like, <laughs> <laughs> it was, but anyway, um, so we were never in the Blue Band at the same time, which is a shame. Yeah. Um, but when I auditioned, I didn't realize that there was like another sight reading piece I had to look at. It was sight reading, but like you uh, got it within a certain period of time. Mm, yeah. And like, I didn't get it. And, and like 12 hours p- before, probably I'm like scrambling to look at this thing. And so yeah. it was like the classic Nick Einolf, uh <laughs> like last minute did something and right. got in by the the well, skin of your teeth skin of your teeth and uh, yeah i was i was just like so thrilled to to be on symbols because there was a lot of people that like didn't make it that year and so i was yeah i was i was beyond like just excited to be on on the symbol line and and it was so fun like and i was thinking like brian did this on high school like how why did i not play symbols in high school like it's so <laughs> so much more goofing off and that's yeah what I'm all about and and then I transferred away and I I for sure like missed it and and kind of like a topic I wanted to get into later but we'll get into now is like there are friends that I left that I like wish I still had you know yeah yeah Uh, do you ever meet like Josh Knoll for Jeremy I think it's four I met yeah I met Jeremy yeah Like they were, they, I mean, it was us three. Like we were, we were a group of symbol guys just like taking on the world. And, and <laughs> I, I didn't really like have a wow. proper goodbye with them. And yeah, but so those were like 
some friends that I wish I had uh, had kept or maybe like, yeah, and just just something from my past that I'm like, that are that's open ended, you know, right. Um, Because I think that's what blue band is kind of for me too. It's like a very open ended part of my past that like, could have gone longer. It's a pretty like, definitive, one of like the most definitive switches in my life where it's like, I could have gone down this path or I could have gone down this one and I chose to go down this one. Right. And um, it, it's one of the questions you asked me is, is there anything, and maybe you're getting to this, but I'm going to spoil it. Is there anything you would have wanted to, any advice you wanted to give to your past self? Yeah. And the first thing I wrote was stay at Penn State, but that's not entirely <laughs> true either. Right. Because then I think about like all the friends I made at Mount St. Mary's and like, I just, I'm like talking to them, you know, this week and playing chess with them. And like, right, so, right. you know, although there are things that I would have liked to do at Penn State, I'm super glad and thankful for who I met and what I did at Mount St. Mary's. Yeah, of course. I think with life, there is always that um, kind of you, you have to make some hard decisions, like obviously, but it's really, um, are you comfortable with the decision that you're making? Because mm-hmm. you're, you're going to be, there's going to be positives to both end, no matter what it is. And there's going to be negatives too. So I think the most important thing is just to focus on the positives. Like, for example, you're saying how you found all of your, your close friends at Mount St. Mary and stuff. Like, it, it would have been nice to have you in the blue band and stuff. But imagine if your friends didn't get to meet you, you know? The ones at yeah. Mount St. Mary, like mm-hmm. they, you just wouldn't have those people in your life. So, you know, I think it's better to have like that broader sense of, um, yeah, I don't really know. I don't know where I was going with that, well, <laughs> but you yeah. know what I mean? I am, I am thankful that I met them and thankful that I, that I have a group of guys that are like my college friends, even though I didn't get to, to stick around in the blue band with you. It's funny though. I would like see like, pictures of you in the blue band and be like i can't (laughs) (laughs) or i would like root against penn state (laughs) like a great that's hilarious (laughs) well my my um my audition in the penn state was a lot more different than yours um like you had a lot of people auditioning with you and um yeah people got cut and stuff Mm -hmm. um when i auditioned nobody got cut we actually had to bring um a person in who didn't audition to play snare wow but yeah because i was i was gonna be the last person to make it um i just you don't know that well when i um what happened was after uh dci i did a season of dci in the Mm. summer and right after that ended the next day i went to penn state to audition for the blue band and i just didn't prepare at all yeah the night before i was at josh's house with steven trying to learn the music <laughs> to like one of them. Like you said, we had two pieces to learn. And at, but at that point, the sight reading piece was already out. So mm-hmm. I said, screw the sight reading piece. Like, I don't even know how to play with sticks yet. The only <laughs> thing I need, the only thing I know is how to play cymbals. And yeah. blue band cymbal playing is way different than other places. Oh, I yeah. Yeah, because totally. you, you have the, the cymbal stations. The rack. Yeah, and you play with the sticks on them. Uh-huh. And I, I had zero experience playing with sticks. So when I actually got into the blue band, I knew all of the upperclassmen. Like I was tight with the upperclassmen. 
and all of the other auditionees were like, you know, green and really nervous and stuff. And I was like, I was hanging out with the upperclassmen every night during band camp. Like I was in there, but <laughs> um, I realized after the first day, like I'm actually not like, I'm nothing special compared to the other um, auditionees. Like I'm probably the worst, honestly, <laughs> just because I've, I don't know how to play. I don't know how to play with sticks. And that really like knocked me down a couple of pegs. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not just going to sit here and just goof off the whole time. And I really put in the work to try to learn how to play, you know, like rudiments and stuff. And I, yeah, that was like, that was kind of like um, a realization that I had that even though I'm really good at one thing, it doesn't actually translate like nothing or like the skill from playing cymbals and drum corps didn't translate at all to blue band. So I felt like I was starting right with the other auditionees and it felt like it was my second chance to like redo my band experience. Like how in high school I was, I was so cocky, so confident about my cymbal playing ability. And when I joined the blue band, I was like, all right, fresh start. Let's do this. So yeah, yeah that, that, that's kind of like how it was different from, from me to you. And it's, it's totally different. Um, like, drum chord to, to blue band like cymbals like not only is it the rack but like I remember joining blue band I was like oh I'm gonna learn all these cool cymbal tricks like we didn't learn any of that like we <laughs> learned a lot of choreography and yeah and uh and then the actual like hitting it on the rack but no like cool cymbal flips besides like the right. I don't know what's that one thing called where you do the push-ups on the ground and <laughs> yeah the push-ups on the ground <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's a name for it. Or just push no, what's what's that? On. What's that like bit that you guys do after after games? Oh, parade order. Is that what you're talking about? No, the where the symbols do all the cool like and like you know going everywhere and yeah, I think that's like our parade order. Thing, okay, gotcha. Where we do like our cadence and we we play in front of the band and and they watch us like they watch the drum line. Yeah, that that could be it. That was always a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, cymbals is just fun in general because it it's not as much work as the other instruments, in my opinion. But you know, whatever. <laughs> are you are you still planning on like doing more DCA, or is your drum core career <clears throat> over? That's a good question. Um, after my after I came to Penn State main campus, I wanted to focus on school, like one hundred percent. Forget about band, all of that stuff. Like it's over. <laughs> and then um, going into my senior year, I I was asked to teach DCI, mm. like um, for the whole summer, just be the symbol tech and just you know teach a symbol line. And I could have gotten an internship. It was it was either that or um, it was either teach DCI or get an internship for my final year of undergrad. And most of the people in EE. Um, they had an internship before they graduated just so like since EE is so broad you, you want to have some direction with like where you're trying to go but okay. I felt like um I felt like teaching DCI was a way more valuable experience to me than getting an internship because um I, I knew I wanted to teach but I just I guess I just felt like it was more more meaningful to me rather than to kind of just go into the work world and be like okay, I don't want to do this or, okay, yeah, this was cool. 
yeah. Um, I think I do want to do DCA again, March DCA. Uh, not anytime soon. Um, when you're 30. Uh, yeah, I want to do it when I'm like old school and like all the young guns are, they're like, who's this guy? <laughs> Imagine I, like, <laughs> you, me, Steven Spicko getting back together in our 30s yeah. doing like a DCA core. That'd that would be-, be awesome. That'd be so, so much fun, man. Yeah, but that would be cool. It, I, I also want to try it again because um, now that I have all this experience teaching and marching DCI, compared to the DCA people, not, not too many people do that, especially for cymbal playing. So it, it would be really fun to just um, not be the section leader, but just be a member in the cymbal line who can just like show what a good example might be and just like talk to the students or the other kids about like the old days and stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah, totally. Like the, um, uh, the style of cymbal playing evolves really quickly. And by the time I get back in, my style is going to be so obsolete compared to whatever the modern day technique is. Yeah. And yeah. same thing if I tried to play tenors again, I, I mean, not maybe style, but like, I just like my, I, I wouldn't have the finger strength anymore. Right. To- right to hang in there all right what else do we want to talk about um nice do you have like any more like just random funny high school moments that you remember huh random funny high school moments it's cool if you don't oh yeah i remember uh, actually josh brought this up in in the show notes <laughs> but i didn't i didn't bring it up he was talking about fbla when we went oh to my god Dude, that that was crazy I think it was um, me, you, Josh, and Steven in the same, uh, just like together the whole time, just doing random stuff. Oh the, my gosh. The story I always tell people is we always tried to pick like the least popular category. So we would be the only one in that category and we'd go on to states. Yeah. I think like two or three years in a row, I think you got to states one year and we didn't. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Like me and Stephen were like, "What the crap!" And so next year, we we do the same thing. We try to get into a bad category. I think we group up. We take a test. We get to the regionals, and like, of course, your category. It's like, and you know, first out of one, Brian Stang. And like, (laughs) we go up and we're like, "Mother trucker!" And then they announce out our category, and it's like the first place person moves on and there's three of you and we're like okay we're last and we get announced first and we like could not believe it because we didn't study at all for that thing like yeah. we just we didn't even know what it was we just like <laughs> we just like that's so true we, yeah that was like probably one of the most surprising moments of high school it's like that's amazing getting into states and then we go to states and it was insane yeah, it was just a blast. I, yeah. I don't even really remember all the things that we did. But it was mostly just like, I, I honestly don't know. The, we were in the whole time. The one thing I remember being so crazy was this, like just going to like this huge assembly with what seemed like a thousand people. Mm. And it seemed like a concert. And we're like, this is a thing. Like FBLA <laughs> is this huge. And like the president of the, of the FBLA state commission comes up there and it's a student. And we're like, what is going on? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I remember a guy in a, a green suit with dollar bills on it <laughs> talking to us. Yeah. But, it was just, yeah, that was wild. That was fun. Uh, yeah. FBLA was, 
like the biggest joke of our group and we actually got to go to states which is pretty crazy another fun trip that we had was um going to atlanta going to yeah the chick-fil-a bowl i'm pretty sure that was it um during (laughs) before we left and we embarked on our our bus ride down to atlanta uh we bought some fish we bought some fish in a fish bowl and i got like um like little rocks for the fish bowl or stuff like that so we had our fish in the back of the bus with us on our like 16 hour bus ride overnight and i got tired like i i'm just a person so i fell asleep and i put the fish bowl with the fish on on the the ground of the bus but <laughs> the ground of the bus was heated so, <laughs> so the fish Sadly, um, by the time we woke up, the fish were all dead. <laughs> so we threw it in the, in the bathroom, <laughs> in the porta potty type deal, uh, in the back of the bus. <laughs> and for the rest of the trip, it just smelled terrible. It smelled so bad. It was, it was such a bad smell. <laughs> and then we named our, we named our, um, our hotel room uh alpha beta fish <laughs> alpha beta, beta. everyone <sighs> like the smell what <laughs> it's funny my parents think you're the funniest person ever and like the two things they they will like tell other people like their friends like oh this one kid in high school he brought fish onto a bus and then they all died <laughs> and he bathed in a bathtub with spaghetti in it that's the other thing they they like to tell that was so crazy our our spaghetti adventures and we were cooking spaghetti in the bathtub and like high school musical yeah that was wild it was yeah those were uh isn't it weird being like older and being like yeah good times you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is a little weird because i didn't really feel like i was that old but i I think compared to the people around me um yeah, I don't know. I've never really thought about age too much. Um, I have friends that look back on their past, like their blue band days, and they're like, ah, oh, good times. I'm so old now. And like, man, I wish I could do one more season, like stuff like that. But I, I think it's fine. I think it's fine for that to be a part of your past and, and to kind of move on. Like um, something I've been telling myself recently is that there's still time left in the day. Like there's still time to do the things you want to do. So stop worrying about whatever you're worrying about. I get really overwhelmed by my research. It's just like really daunting. So I've been trying to tell myself, you know, there's still time. There's still time to do the things that you want. And yeah, it's, it's helped me a lot recently. So that's awesome. I never thought you do like the, this, like, engineering magnet magnetism research like right right when you were in high school you'd be like i want to work an ice cream parlor in jamaica yeah yeah in the caribbeans in the caribbean so Uh, i mean kudos to you for getting the grind in and working hard thanks dude it was really um yeah it was actually after my first trip (laughs) when i tried psychedelics i i realized that (laughs) You know, nothing really matters in my life because um, I was about to fail out of like two classes mm. and it was 
it was finals week and I was just like, man, it's over. If I don't get like a 90%, I'm not going to get a C. I'm not going to pass. But luckily there was a curve. So we're good. <laughs> and, and I realized like, why am I just like wasting away my life? Like, why am I not even trying to like, trying to see what, just, I just wanted to see what happens if I put in the effort. Yeah. And after that, um, uh, the next semester, I started talking to, to my professors and just like, you know, trying to get insight on um, what I wanted to do with my life because EE just didn't interest me at all. I just thought it was just electrical engineering. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I just thought it was terrible. Um, I picked the only reason I picked electrical engineering was because I didn't have a high enough GPA to get into mechanical. Mm. Uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to switch. And it turned out to be uh, apparently a lot more work than mechanical. But, you know, it's fine. I found um, electromagnetism that junior year and I just talked to my professor like twice a week and I just bombarded him with questions about like, but why? <laughs> and he, he would always, he was so happy to talk to me. And he was like my first, um, my first mentor to like give me advice on life. Uh, yeah. Just stuff like that. And after that, I, I realized I wanted to go to, into grad school. Like, I wanted to see, um, again, what's possible, because I didn't really have any specifics with my life. I just wanted to do the most, I guess. I didn't want my life to be boring. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how I got here, I think. That's awesome. How about you? Do you know where you want your life to go? Like the direction you want to take it? or So it's funny because I probably shared a similar passion, but for my last like cancer bio class, I took an undergrad. Mm -hmm. And it was just so interesting and something that I wanted to like look at doing a uh, like graduate or like a PhD in like do do any sort of research. Sure. And where you like went directly to research, I I have this job and I'm continuing my schooling in a different way, doing a master's in business. But I'm still kind of like, do I want to like do more research? Like, I think it'd be cool. Like the the curiosity, the but why part of me is like, that would be so interesting to like kind of study back up on the the biocancer that I know and and do more research with a professor that has weird and interesting ideas that's yeah. helping humanity cure cancer. Um, but I, I don't really know the more practical reality part of me is like, you're going to have your undergrad, you're going to have your MBA you're going to be set to make a good amount of money. Why not? Why not get a job right after that instead of going to school and not making much money at all right, right. for four years? Because that's what it would be. And it's it's tough to get into, you know, like I'll have to apply and, you know, get, I don't know, write, write a letter to a professor that I want to study up with. Yeah, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. But as I said before, I'm I'm enjoying this period of like, not going to think about it, you know? Like, yeah, of course. It's funny. My, my girlfriend's dad, John, he's like, literally last night, he was like, you should start thinking about it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I, well, I no, okay. you go. Okay. I, I think um, the reason why I came to grad school is because I realized my professors here have a lot of um, experience and perspective and I wanted them to share it with me. I wanted to kind of get some direction with like what I want to do, like genuinely what I want to do. I know I want to be a professor, but at the very end. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, how can, how can they help me right now? Uh, I don't really care too much about doing the research, if I'm being honest, um, about my research, particularly. Mm. I'm doing um, microdoppler radar for drone detection. So it's like, okay, that's kind of cool. But like, I don't really, I don't really think it's helping the world in any broad sense. So what I want to do right now is just talk to as many um, smart people as possible. And these are, these are people that are willing to help too. And I think it'd be a lot harder to do that in a work environment. I don't know if that's true. No, no, I, I think you're totally right. I think that like working with people in research is totally different than just like kind of doing a nine to five job. I think that like you learn the most when you're researching and have questions about your research and want to talk to people, academics, you know, like it's the difference between academics and people who just want to like do their job, which there isn't a problem with, with uh, people who do their jobs, but I'm thinking of my job, which is a pretty like entry level job and Mm -hmm. not many. uh, Well, the cool thing about my job is I work with pharmacists who are super smart and care about what they do. And so yeah, that way I get a little bit of that, but I still think like being on the research end of things, especially with something you kind of at least semi semi care about uh, is the best way to like get a different perspective and, and learn. Right. Well, I think it's, it's good to have that work experience too. After I finish up my master's, I, I want to go into the workforce and just kind of, you know, get more perspective like on on just what's out there because when I start teaching I don't want to be like um narrow-minded with the stuff that I'm saying I want to I yeah I want to have more insight so Mm -hmm. that's pretty cool man yeah final question final question do you have any advice for your listeners any advice for my listeners honestly I I'm gonna steal your advice I don't know if I brought this up, but it's literally something I wrote down that I think you said in one of your podcasts. I'm not positive, but it it was, did you say like something like a positive environment, like, like a positive attitude can change yeah. like the environment? Yeah, for sure. About that Dr. Buzz told me that. Yeah. Yeah. Where I started teaching. And the other day at work, I, I get there, there's like a ton of call-offs. I have to do like two people's jobs now. I'm just like, this fucking sucks. You know, like I'm yeah, yeah. so pissed. Other people could see that I'm pissed. And so they're like acting right. differently. Yeah. And then I, I kind of go to do my own thing and I'm like, what's this going to solve? Like, what am I, what is me being pissed? Like, it's going to make other people feel uncomfortable. Like it was a pretty strong moment of like, wow, like not only am I affecting myself, I'm affecting other people. Like other people are now more uncomfortable because of how I'm acting. And yeah. so that was a pretty like, pretty strong moment of like yeah like just do your best to and I know it's tough sometimes and and even yesterday I, I tried to use it but it's like even in kind of uncomfortable or tough situations try to have a positive attitude on things because I do have a tendency to not as much as some other people in my work to just be like gosh like fuck this you know this this sucks right, right. how many people complain about work and I think I need to do less of that so I think my advice is to um you know, you don't think about it all the time, but like when you're in those crappy situations, try to think about how you're ju- even just with your mood, how you're affecting other people and, and try to try to keep a positive attitude about things because it can really change your day. And it has changed my days in the past week, which is which is nice. So amazing. Yeah. 
Thank you, Nicholas Einall, for yeah. coming on the podcast. Um, yeah, this was fun. So, so fun. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me here. All right, bye.